Hello and welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Well, it snowed here. Well, darn. I know. It was very sad. I woke up and I looked outside and there was snow everywhere and I was so angry. And then I went, my plants! (laughs) <laughs> and Justin oh, no. went running out barefoot in the onto the back deck because that's where all my little seedlings are mm-hmm. germinating and carried in all my little trays of seedlings. He saved them all and saved them all. I don't. I mean, I hope there's. They were covered in snow, so <laughs> fingers well. crossed. We'll see. Well, have they sprouted yet, or are they still just? They've all sprouted. Well, almost all have sprouted. Mm-hmm. I have to look at germination times. I'm I'm hoping that the uh, lemon balm, lavender, and mint just takes longer to germinate. Everything else has sprouted. Just play him some nice music, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Talk him through it. They had a bad night. Charlie sings to them. That's very cute. <laughs> she helps me water them. Um, she, she, I mean, like, it's a task. I can give her that, like, chore, and mm-hmm. she can do it all by herself because they're still so little and they're right on the back deck. And she, uh, she'll go out and sing to them while she waters them. What does she sing to them? Usually just songs she makes up. Both of my kids they're are very frequently good. just making up songs. Yeah. Like they know songs, like real songs that have been written in the world, but instead they'll just like stand over them and be like, hello, little seeds, I'll pour water on you. Are you doing well today? I mean, just whatever. <laughs> and it's like, okay, sure. Go for it. That's a thing you used to do, though, Sid, right? Yes. Yeah, and thing. you're really good at writing parody songs, so. And I still I still do it, to be fair. I will frequently just start talking to them in song. And, like, it's funny, because usually Charlie will then respond in song, and we'll have a whole conversation in song, because she gets a kick out of it. Yeah. With Cooper, it is, like, exactly 50-50. 50% of the time, she, like, okay, all right, I I'm down it. with I'm this. And, and she'll make up her own, Cooper makes up her own songs all the time. <laughs> and then the exact other 50% of the time she is like shut up <laughs> I hate it I hate it stop singing and she'll put her she'll actually like take her little hand and put it over my mouth and say mommy stop stop singing stop it, like, do you think oh, it's okay. random or is it a quality thing she's just she's just your harshest critic I, Cooper is just fire and ice yeah. you know she's just she's hot or she's cold she's yes or she's no She's, she's, she's like out. Katy Perry. <laughs> <laughs> there is no in between with Cooper. She is yeah. all all lovey, wants to hug you, caress your face, tell you how great you are, or I don't know, or she'll call you an a-hole. I we mean, have a very confusing relationship. Half the time I see her and she hugs me and kisses my face, and the other half I walk in a room, I'm like, hey, Coop, what's up? She just goes, no, stop antagonizing me. Leave me alone. <laughs> Well, okay. I love that she knows that word and uses it correctly. She She also, whenever, uh, you know, like when you're watching Netflix and after you've watched for like uh, however many hours, it's like, hey, are you still watching? Yeah. And mom says that's like the TV is judging us because it's like judging how long you've been watching TV. So now whenever that comes up, when Cooper will be watching something on TV, you just hear from the other room go, Mimi, the TV's judging me. <laughs> and you know that means the little box came up that stopped her show that said, are you still watching? <laughs> she said that to me the other day. It's very good. That's the great. TV judging me. And I said, well, it should. We've, we've seen enough Rainbow Ruby for the moment. <laughs> we'll catch up with Rainbow Ruby again some other time. Oh, Rainbow Ruby. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Cooper, Cooper just, she, she does her own thing. 
Cooper's gonna do what Cooper's gonna do. Yeah. Cooper's her own thing. She currently <laughs> currently I feel like I have absolutely no control over that and I'm just trying to accept it and do my best to keep encouraging the good behavior and I don't know, de incentivizing the the times where she tries to deck me. I we're working on it. We're yeah. working through it. She's gotten really good at nailing like her go to apology. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I won't do it again. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> But uh, I don't know. We'll see. Um, the circle's back. Yes. That's yeah. exciting. Yeah. We got to get more into that. We got to get more episodes. Mm-hmm. Then we can talk about it. Yeah. Oh, today's Wednesday. New episodes drop on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. Oh, is this? Mm-hmm. Now, because we got four originally, is it going to be like a new one every week? Or are they going to give us? Because before it was like you get several episodes at once, right? Yeah. I, I hope it's more than one because they leave those episodes on cliffhangers. Yeah, and you've got to know what's next. It's impossible to stop watching. I uh, I don't want to. I'm sure we will talk about it at some point, so I don't want to like get into the details of it too much. But I'm just gonna say this without spoiling anything: the whole Lance Bass element is so it's so great. Good. It's yes. so funny and weird and good, and I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, so good. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. There are also there are four more episodes that just dropped today. Yes. So oh, that's what that's what I'm gonna yes gonna accomplish today. <laughs> so anyway, this has been Buffery. <laughs> we all gotta go. <laughs> oh no, I have to watch the circle now. Bye. Oh, everyone, please just watch it for the whole. Oh my gosh, you should also watch. Um, if you haven't seen Bad Trip, what? I have not seen the Netflix movie. It's got it's the it's the kind of comedy where like um. They're doing sort of like Borat thing where they're interacting with real people and they have hidden cameras and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, so like people are genuinely reacting. Only their their storyline is scripted, the main characters. But um, it's like very uh, he, like life affirming and mm-hmm. humanistic because the characters are always in these jams that you think like people are just going to run from. And then there are all these bystanders who are willing to kind of step in and be like, let me help you out. Maybe I can. Are you tearing up right now? It's really, I mean, it's funny. It's a genuinely funny movie. Over a movie that you first described as being Borat like. Well, Borat's (laughs) really good. Wait, wait. Have you cried at Borat? Uh, No judgment. I'm just curious. Did I cry? I don't think I cried at Borat. I don't know. The the Rudy Giuliani (laughs) scene, it, it, there were a lot of emotions there. I mean, mainly anger, but like I discussed, but I'd say there was some sadness. All right. Yeah, I guess that's fair. It was there. Borat was nominated for like what? Golden it, Globes. It won. It won. It, won uh, it was nominated for no. Was it nominated for an Oscar? Or just one of, the, the, Golden one of the Golden Globes? I don't know. I think. I anyway, don't know. the point is awards. Critically acclaimed Borat. <laughs> just saying. Oh well. <laughs> I guess we can't blame you for getting emotional at Borat like movies then. All the it's critically, critically acclaimed. acclaimed. All the critical acclaim. You're allowed to cry at things that are critically acclaimed. <laughs> I, I think I, we, I, No, as I have no ground to stand on. I cried over an Oreo commercial not too long ago. It's fine. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, so ever since uh, last year, I cry over all kinds of things you're not supposed to. Mm. Just the, the tears yeah. are just there. I've taught I've taught my children the word catharsis. <laughs> 
Charlie can accurately use the word catharsis now at six because that's necessary in these times. I don't know what happened to your children over this quarantine period, but a lot. <laughs> we all got real weird is the thing. They got real we weird. Got real weird. <laughs> they're not children anymore. I think they're just fully grown adults in tiny bodies. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. They're good, though. I've already so surpassed Char- you. That's scary. <laughs> yeah. Charlie walks around like she just got home from like her nine to five desk job and she just needs a break. And yeah. she's just everything is so hard. She needs to relax. I know. I know. It will. It will. They just need to be around other people. That's the problem. <laughs> they've just been around me and Justin too much, and they've yeah. gotten weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know what else has been critically acclaimed that oh. I I cried to? Oh, go for it! Is Taylor Swift? Hey, hey! Look at that. We're transition. back. Hey. Um, yes. Welcome to another installment of the Taylor Swift fan cast. <laughs> Oops, I did it again. Um, <laughs> wait, wait, hold wait, on. Wait, wait. <laughs> That's not. We're mixing pop artists it's a now, yeah. <laughs> but. But we're talking about Taylor Swift again. This is actually really convenient for me because I was thinking about the longevity of this show. And, like, we're, we're all going to come up with lots of things to talk about because, we, you know, it's already been over a year. Mm-hmm. Lots of different things. I thought, well, Taylor Swift is very important. And we've talked about her two recent albums. But at some point, I'm going to have to talk about her old ones because they came out when I was actually, like, a, a kid and a, and a young teen. Um, and now that she's re-recording them, it's just mm-hmm. a perfect opportunity. Like as they come out, they're in the future, spread them out a little bit, but also it's still the same music as it was when I was sure. a bunch of child. So I thought this was the perfect opportunity to talk about Fearless, Taylor's version. Now, did you, I don't remember if you were a big Taylor Swift fan when it first came out the original fearless well i mean you would have been like eight yeah i was eight it came out in 2008 the first time um which by the way it's 13 years since 2008 and her lucky number is 13 and it came out on april 9th <laughs> and four plus nine is 13 she did this all on purpose this is not I just know, me she did i this know on here we go with the espionage of taylor swift yes um, super spy cia agent i Taylor Swift had one album before Fearless, and it was her debut album just called Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. I did not get into that one until after I had listened to Fearless because I remember girls talking about it at school. And I was like, okay, well, I don't like country music, but this sounds pretty cool. And then I was at, well, not Justice, I guess it would have been limited to back then with Mom. And I remember seeing it at the checkout while I, we were getting close. And I was like, hey, I think that's that. And I just kind of grabbed it and slid it up there. And then played it in the car on the way home and looked at the little lyric booklet as we were driving home. And that was the first time I remember being very into Taylor Swift. Mm. So, yes, um, when this first came out, I was very into it. So it was delightful to mm. see it come back. It surprised me because I don't... I mean, I guess I knew that Taylor Swift started out country. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I realized, like, how quickly that was pop country. You know, I don't... In my mind, they were, like, two distinct careers. There was, like, country Taylor Swift that I didn't know anything about. Yeah. Because I've I've just never been into country music. And then there was pop Taylor Swift, which is when I became aware of her existence. Right. But it feels like it was a lot more of an overlap there. Yeah. I mean, to me, Fearless, I guess, is still classified as a country album. I don't know how all that works with, like, what it takes to qualify an album in certain genres. But I I don't listen to it, and it's here a country album, if that makes sense. It is very, like, pop 
country. Well, I because I will say I listened to the I don't know if I I definitely have heard a lot of these songs before, but I don't think I've ever mm-hmm. listened to the full album before. And when mm-hmm. I listened to the new one, I went back and listened to the old one expecting it to be more country because I thought, oh, well, she recorded it, re-recorded it with more of her current aesthetic, a little bit more pop mm-hmm. sensibility. I'm like, nope, it sounds yeah. very similar. So, yeah, yeah I would not have similar. heard this as a country album. Yeah, um, I think that's why I got into it because her first album definitely is pretty, pretty country. Though that was that that was that moment, though, where like a lot of country artists were crossing into pop anyway and so that that line between country and pop got really muddled i mean if you think about like shania twain Mm -hmm. or like the dixie chicks Mm -hmm. you know i mean a lot of music like that where you would hear it and think is this country Mm -hmm. maybe i don't know somewhere in the which was the only reason i would have ever heard it because if it was on the country music station back when we had radio stations i wasn't (laughs) i wasn't there it was only when it bled over onto key fm that i would i was hearing it Yeah, so I guess it's technically country. It's definitely less pop than later on in her career when she went like full, full pop more recently um, in some of her more recent albums. But she was only 18 when this album came out, I believe, mm-hmm. and like 16 when she was writing all this music. Yeah. Um, so I, I was eight, which is very funny to me when I look back and think about me listening to some of these songs when I was eight and getting very into them and very emotionally invested in these songs about like, breakups and and being in love and heartbreak i was like i i didn't have any experience with anything like that i was eight years old so now it was very rewarding to be able to listen to it as an adult like okay taylor i i get it now (laughs) it's it's interesting in that like i did not listen to taylor swift when i was younger Mm mm-hmm and certainly not like in when this would have come out in 2008. I was yeah. not. I mean, I heard the big hits that made it to the radio, but I, yeah. I wasn't that familiar. So it doesn't it can't have like a nostalgic effect on me, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, not not in a real true sense, because right. I don't connect with it. But I assume it would for you. Yeah. Which is weird considering her audience, like so many people are going to be so young like you. Mm-hmm. And to have nostalgia yeah. when you're 20 <laughs> is just a weird, you know, <laughs> It is. It's very weird because, I mean, there are lots of people that that are her fans that were older than me that were more her age listening to it the first time and now re-listening to it are like actual adults, like Mm -hmm. older, not in their 20s anymore. Um, But I I mean, all of my friends growing up, we were all big Taylor Swift fans and all of us listening to it now in our early 20s all felt nostalgia over this album just because it's like she does sound the same Mm -hmm. as she did but also i and this sounds so cheesy but like there's a line in one of her songs in white horse where she says it's about a breakup and everything and she says i'm gonna find someone someday that might actually treat me well and now when you know that like when she wrote that she was 18 she was heartbroken and she was sad but now she's in like a happy (laughs) long-term loving relationship it's like oh but she did now you're gonna cry no i'm gonna cry (laughs) but she did and I, I do think, cause, you know, speaking of like what demographic this was meant to appeal to originally, I do think it's 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 a weird, interesting sort of time bin situation because <laughs> I I'm more I'm close to her in age and like mm-hmm. no one around my age that I remember listening to Taylor Swift. It felt like music for a younger generation. So when she was, you know, 18, 19, I think her key demographic was closer to your age, maybe like 12, 13, mm-hmm. but definitely like yeah. younger. But now she's an adult singing songs that she wrote when she was 18 that were meant for 13 year olds that are now like in their 20s. <laughs> yeah. <a> <laughs> interesting. 
seen the situation. Yeah. Um, especially like like being on TikTok during this whole time and seeing all these people, all these uh, mostly young women in their early 20s listening to Taylor Swift and saying like, I didn't understand these songs and I was a child without any life experience and now I'm an adult with like, I, I don't know, it's usually videos of them like sitting in their tub with a bottle of wine <laughs> like crying to Taylor <laughs> Swift songs that they didn't understand it, you know, eight years old, but now they get as an adult. Yeah. Um, it is very weird because it does feel like both Taylor is singing about stuff that she can't really relate to anymore because mm-hmm. she was a kid and also all of us are listening to stuff that was written for children that we don't, you know. It's. I was reading an article about like it's been a huge success mm-hmm. and how not everyone thought it would be because mm-hmm. it's like if you just look at the surface idea these songs aren't going to feel fresh or new because, well, I mean, they aren't. And they're also like the style of a lot of them is not particularly current. Um, it's certainly not like the work she's doing now. Right. So it doesn't it doesn't feel like you're experiencing something new. She doesn't really do a new take on them. Um, they're not like, I would say listening to them, there are probably some instrumentation, like arrangement, yeah. slight differences. But for the most part, it sounded like Mm-hmm. the same thing um and like why why would everybody want that right now mm-hmm. but she gambled and won because yeah. apparently everybody wanted that right now because it's yeah it's one of the biggest selling albums or so i don't know that i was reading all the mm-hmm. stats on it and it's just like i think it was the biggest debut butt. for a country album of all time yeah um ever yeah but, it's just destroying records yeah i uh <laughs> <laughs> she, did you see she knocked uh, she knocked the original Fearless off the charts with this? Yeah, oh, that's yeah. powerful. It's a powerful yeah. move. Which I, I have to imagine is part of its success. The yes. whole like narrative behind it. That's what. Yeah, I think part of the success is. We, I mean, considering the current world circumstances, I feel like a lot of her fans are probably in a point in their life where they like are nostalgic for earlier times in our mm-hmm. life when life wasn't like this. Both because of the pandemic, but also just because like. It, as a young adult, sometimes it's like, wow, life was so much easier when I didn't have all these new things to stress about entering the real world when I was eight listening to Taylor Swift. Um, but also, I mean, when you know the story behind it, I feel like a lot of it is just, I'm just going to download this and play it on repeat a bunch of times to stick it to the men that took her music from her. <laughs> I feel like, I mean, that's that's part of it. for yeah. sure. So by re-releasing it all like this, she's sort of erasing the originals. Mm-hmm. There was a, a trend on, on TikTok where everyone was saying, here's how you hide all of the old Fearless on all of your music apps so that it doesn't get any streams. It doesn't accidentally pop up on like your suggested or on a shuffle or anything. Um, so it, I thought that was pretty good. I saw, I saw somebody refer to it in one of the articles I was reading that um, she's perfected the art of not just deputizing your fans, but weaponizing your yes. fans. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that yeah. was a... That was a, a probably a pretty apt description of what is what is happening right now not and not that it's not unjustified right i'm not saying it's not but you know yeah um also for anyone i mean i feel like there have to be at least a few people that don't understand why taylor swift is re-recording her music because i feel like if you weren't yeah. following taylor swift you probably don't understand um she had an, a, re- a label a record deal that was six albums long and she finished those six albums and they did not offer her the chance to buy back her masters at the end of that contract. She was going to sign a contract with another company because she knew this previous one was about to be bought out. Um, 
so they didn't let her buy her music back and instead it was sold to this other powerful white guy who's a manager of a bunch of celebrities um named scooter <laughs> yeah and uh they uh he he bought the company and then had her masters and instead of letting her buy them back he said you have to sign another contract with us and make us more music and then you can earn them back and she said well no f that mm-hmm. it's my music i'm just gonna re-record it so i guess there was some sort of clause in her contract that said starting november of 2020 she could uh re-record her albums and start re-releasing them which is crazy that that was november that she could start doing it and in that time she released a whole new album she mm-hmm. released evermore in december and now has re-recorded this whole album and has also said she has finished re-recording like <laughs> a, at least one of her other ones if not more you know i know you, you mentioned earlier on that the the uh longevity of this podcast i think if anything i'm uh, the the evergreen nature of Taylor Swift making albums. We're gonna just have yeah a, a, a week out of every month go to her new release. <laughs> it feels yeah, like. no, that's true. <laughs> Which I mean, and this is Fine. like uh, she went years between releasing albums mm-hmm. in the recent past, like between uh, um, you know, Lover and Reputation, and before Reputation, um, nineteen eighty nine, like years between each era where it was just re listening to her music forever and ever. And waiting for what's going to come next and like her hinting at it for months and Mm -hmm. suggesting what it might be. And this year has just been the wildest thing, like surprise releases in one day and in singles. And it's just so (laughs) unlike her. It's so crazy. It's so wild. It's so wild. (laughs) Um, You know, it's it's funny, though, because I was thinking like as somebody who wasn't a huge fan of Taylor Swift before with an album like this, what what is the draw and but i could see like i mean there were certainly songs on there that i'd heard and Mm -hmm. i thought are good and like i would listen to if i heard them come on or something Mm -hmm. so i can see the draw from just like a um i don't know woman power thing or something like well i guess i'll you know i like some of these songs i'll support you i'll download it i mean obviously i did so that we could do this episode but like um i can see that draw to it too even if you're not like a huge what swifty Yes. Is that what you are? Swifty. Yes. (laughs) Well, and I have to say, because I thoroughly enjoyed this. I, I, there were so many songs that will go, not just like listening for this episode. I will permanently listen to that song when I'm, when I'm feeling a certain way. But I think the nostalgia angle is what makes it for me. Because I think, Mm -hmm. you know, as somebody that very much when I was young had a lot of, you know, romantic ideals and wanted that big love and that big romance and then went through the period where like uh it's all garbage none of this happens and music like this would have just made me angry like Mm -hmm. it's kind of like you know i don't know uh i have journals from like my high school days that there was a long period of time where i couldn't reread those because it just made me so it hurt me to read how hopeful i was at a certain period of my life but then Mm -hmm. there became a point where i no longer hated those journals i could read them with this sense of like you know what that kid really wanted love and like yeah, you have to learn some hard lessons, but those feelings are still there. And it's kind of, I like having this record of them. That's how this album made me feel like mm-hmm. I'm ready to ha- hear those hopeful songs. And I think it's even more powerful when it's informed by the understanding that like she went through it, you know, she's not mm-hmm. singing these having not experienced heartbreak and, and loss and disappointment. She's singing these afterwards and she's singing them powerfully. Yeah. Um, I want to talk more about that because you brought up an interesting point but before we do that let's check the group message so i don't know about you all but well actually i do 
we've all been we've all been inside a lot yeah i do know this for a fact Mm -hmm. um so that means that sometimes i we we got to order in whether that's your groceries your toiletries your food mostly it's food for me um you know maybe a morning coffee from your local coffee place you need uh dinner you need toothpaste you get everything you need whenever you need it with DoorDash. They they are your your people that are going to connect you with everything you need and you love um, at, at your door. And that's the important thing because right now we're all inside. We're all on the other side of the door. Ah. That's a Taylor Swift reference. Mm, we're all that's on the other, true. We're all on the other side of the door. I get um, that. And it's good. <laughs> and your DoorDash delivery reference. driver. <laughs> They're going <laughs> to they're going to be you. right on the other side of that door um, because you can get grocery essentials you need with DoorDash, drinks, snacks, other household items delivered in under an hour. And ordering is easy. All you have to do is open the DoorDash app, choose what you want from where you want it, and your items will be left safely outside your door with the contactless delivery drop-off setting, which I will say for me, uh, I would have, I will continue to love post need for contactless delivery well and that like ceases to be a need for safety reasons just because i am an awkward person and always feel awkward whenever i open the door and have to take things from people and say thank you it just is a very uncomfortable experience for me so having it just left outside for me is just it's always delightful um but also right now it's great because it's safe so today if our listeners want to try out doordash what should they do well, for a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code STILLBUFF. That's 25% off, up to a $10 value, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code STILLBUFF. Subject to change, terms apply. Now, I really like to cook sometimes, you know? Oh, I really enjoy yeah. the experience of, of, you know, getting all my ingredients out and following a recipe and putting together something that my family's going to really enjoy. Um, but I've got to be honest, it's hard for me to come up with like ideas or, or what would be a new thing that I could cook? What what would people like? And also, sometimes ingredients are h- hard to come by around here. If it's something a little unique or different, you can't find it. Or you buy like a whole bunch of herbs when you just need a, a you know one sprig of them and then you stuff goes to waste. Well, all of that can be solved with HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit, because you get fresh pre-measured ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. They make all the tough parts about cooking easy so that you can enjoy like the stuff you really like, like chopping vegetables. That's one of my favorite things to do on planet <laughs> Earth, chopping vegetables. This is true. I'm not being facetious. I didn't know this about you. <laughs> Love chopping vegetables. Uh, HelloFresh offers 25 or more recipes to choose from each week. They've got whatever whatever your eating preference is. They've got vegetarian meals. They've got gourmet options for gourmets. Mm. <laughs> and then uh, for regular folks like me, they've got <laughs> everything in between. Um, they cut out all the stressful parts, having to run to the store and try to pick things up. And, and it only takes about 30 minutes or less to uh, put together your whole recipe, follow the instructions and, and create something that everybody will really enjoy. What I really love about HelloFresh is that the instructions are really easy to follow and everything's right there. And I can get like, 
Charlie involved with the cooking process. Mm -hmm. Even sometimes Cooper, depending on what it is. Mm -hmm. But um, we can all cook together and see what's going into our meal. Try something a little different uh, to kind of stretch their palates and, and get them excited about making fresh food at home for you to enjoy. So, Taylor, if our listeners want to check out HelloFresh, what should they do? Well, they should go to HelloFresh.com slash StillBuffering12 and use code StillBuffering12 for 12 free meals, including free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash StillBuffering12 and code StillBuffering12 for 12 free meals. Now, I you were talking about nostalgia, and that was the first word that I thought of when I was like, what do I want to say about after I finished listening to the whole record? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was weird because, like I said, I am not nostalgic for this music. Because sure. I didn't listen to it back then, for the most part. Yeah. Other than like the big hits, like the one with the what's the one with the music video where she's nerdy but she's also not you nerdy. You belong with me. That one <laughs> with the where she holds up the sign that says "You okay?" in the window. Oh man, I love that. Yeah. And it's funny because I was listening to that and I thought that would have really appealed to me as a teenager. Yeah, <laughs> it did. <laughs> Um, nowadays I would say, but it's okay if you want to wear short skirts or yeah, t-shirts. They're both fine, Taylor, yeah. but <laughs> that, that is, I mean, that is something that Taylor also has addressed in her own music and gotten better about. Is there a few times where she made some, I mean, very, I think, typical teen girl, mm-hmm. I don't know, how, how we're socialized to compete against other girls yes. and see them as someone we got to like take down to get the guy we want. There are moments in her music when she was younger where that's definitely like a theme that you listen back as an adult like, well, that's not, that's not sure. Necessary. Well, and I think she's also, um, you can, I think when you think about like her country origins, mm-hmm. there are some tropes in there yeah. that are very definitively like country music tropes like the idea of like i'm just the girl in the worn out jeans Mm -hmm. like that's that's a very like so i mean you can just see her roots coming through which is that is the time but it was weird because i found myself just feeling like blanket nostalgia Mm -hmm. just like generally for my youth Mm -hmm. nothing to do with the music itself it was very weird how it's able to tap into that and i think part of it is what it's about because it's about like teenage love Mm -hmm. and teenage heartbreak a lot of the songs are about being in love or no longer being in love right and that is so much of what for many of us not everybody but for many of us that is what your teenage years might be about is that sort of trying to figure love out Mm -hmm. um but i think part of it is her as a performer it's really weird how her voice has not like or at least she can do the same tone that she did then as an 18 year old and it has that sort of like kind of fragile yearning quality to it Mm -hmm. that feels very in that moment in that teen time where you can't i don't know you you don't have it all figured out and you're trying so hard and you just want things that you don't really know what they are yet but you're there's something about her voice and she can still do that and i I found that very affecting as i was listening to it like to pull me back to that time i was very impressed by that and i found that very enjoyable yeah in a sad way enjoyable yeah i think it's definitely her voice sounds i mean there are moments i think where you can tell her voice is actually like technically improved like moments Mm -hmm. where some some notes some words sound quote-unquote better like more Mm -hmm. trained now more professional than they did when she was 18 more mature yeah um but i think like 
I don't know. These are the kind of songs that now I listen to, like modern Taylor Swift, like Evermore Folklore, once it just came out like last year, because the lyrics are so beautiful and like the story she's creating, like she's making these like fictional worlds and they're very like it's not because of the catchy hook or like you don't you don't scream them in the car. They're just like really <laughs> nice to listen to. And she's created like this whole like world. But when I listen to these songs, it is because of how like they make me feel. They do have that catchy hook where mm-hmm. like in Love Story, You Belong With Me, like mm-hmm. everyone has heard and everyone knows. And when you listen to them in the car, like you turn them all the way up and like you blast them with your windows down, you yell to them because like they're angry and, and heartbroken, but also like, I don't know, just like good catchy songs. Mm-hmm. It's very different. Like purposes to listen to Taylor Swift. She's got, <laughs> you know, whatever your needs might be, she's got an album for it. Yeah. Um, she, uh, also there were what like six songs on there that had not been yes released okay. before from the vault i was yes. wondering if that's what that meant so those were yes. they weren't b-sides or anything they were just fully unreleased yeah she okay. uh there were a few of them where her demo tracks had been like leaked at some point that people had heard but they were ones she wrote for this album and then she said in her release for it like either you couldn't fit that many songs on a physical cd when it was coming out as a physical cd or uh, she wrote one very similar and the people at her label were like, actually, this other one's better. So these are songs that she wrote at the same time for this album, but didn't fit onto the album. So um, that was very exciting because those are songs that I didn't listen to growing up because we didn't have them to listen to. But they still mm-hmm. feel the same. Mm-hmm. They they feel the same, but I was wondering which ones they were because there were some that I thought had a different. They say from the vault. Yeah. Do they? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't like, think I. I just had it on. I wasn't looking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, because I wondered because I had this feeling like I can feel shades of now mm-hmm. Taylor Swift mm-hmm. in this song, and I wondered if that's what I was picking up on. Mm-hmm. I. Uh, it's it's all the like the latter songs on the yeah, album. Yeah, the last like six. Is it the last six? Mm-hmm. And the, yeah. Is the Mister Perfectly Fine? Yeah. Yes. Okay. That that one yes. to me stood out. I really liked that one. Yeah. By the way, and that one oh, like man, stood out as like, is this new? Yeah. Well, I I thought that song was great because it's 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 kind of explicitly mean. Like, yeah, yeah. And I can see why like a record label would have led young Taylor Swift to not put that on there. Mm-hmm. But I I think it's great. I mean, whoever yes. that song is about, like, oh, oh well. you thought you thought you dodged a bullet, and here a decade <laughs> later, Taylor Swift's like, here's a song I wrote about you a decade ago. Deal with it. Let me tell you who this song is about. It's oh, about you know. It's about Joe Jonas. Oh, that's <laughs> because amazing. most wow. of most of this album is about Joe Jonas because oh. they they dated, oh. but he broke up with her over the phone in a twenty seven second phone call. This is a whole big thing that like she talked about in interviews a lot. Oh my god, um, that he was a jerk Yikes. to her. So lots of the songs in this album are about Joe Jonas. That like she's never explicitly said they are, but references she makes or um the time period of when they were dating lined up with the time period of of when she was writing the album um but this this song is about joe jonas everyone says um but everyone thinks it got replaced by forever and always which is the Mm. the song that has the piano version and like the non-piano version on the album yeah which has always been one of my favorites Mm -hmm. um they're very similar in like tone 
and and beat and like some of the lyrics um so there are a lot of people that think that was the song that they chose to put instead of this one because that one's a little bit less like Mm -hmm. directly angry and mean um where it's just a general mean (laughs) well and that's because the i like that song too but it's like that song is clearly i'm heartbroken i'm sad and then this song is like I'm heartbroken. I'm sad. I'm going to be fine, but people need to know about you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I liked, I liked that energy too. Yeah. I, no. I, I appreciated that. And uh, the best part is, you know, obviously everyone's been on, on social media like, man, Joe Jonas, he thought his time period getting blasted by Taylor <laughs> Swift was over. Now, 13 years later, here we are again. Um, but his wife, Sophie Turner, posted this song on her Instagram story <laughs> about how much of a bop it was and how much she loved it. Um, and That's even funny. Walgreens on Twitter, they Sophie and Turner and Joe Jonas posted they got their vaccines, and Walgreens responded and said more like Mister Perfectly Vaccinated <laughs> instead of Mister Perfectly Fine. So all right, yeah. Walgreens. All right, Walgreens. <laughs> uh, but yeah. It's also funny because she says, so dignified in your well-pressed suit in Mr. Perfectly Fine. And when you look at pictures of Joe Jonas <laughs> from 2008 in his, like, bright purple suits at, like, the Kids' Choice Awards with, like, the checkered ties and the Chuck Taylors, it's like, is this who, is this who it was, Taylor? Oh, my gosh. Which, I mean, it makes amazing. sense. We all had those those partners, right? Where, like, you look back and it's like, oh, my gosh. So was The Way I Loved You about him, too? Uh, yes, Probably. There are lots that are like explicitly about him. There are some I think are just she had other boyfriends like in high school. Because I I tell you, the way I loved you, I listened to that song and I I wondered who it was about. But I also wondered who the guy that she's currently with in the song is. Because I felt hard to hear. I felt so bad for that guy. And then that one I connected to because then I started feeling like, oh, I think I've been Taylor in this situation. Mm-hmm. Like, I think you I have. I know. Yeah. And then I felt really bad. I felt a lot of guilt and shame while listening to that song. <laughs> and I also, I also thought like, oh, Taylor, this is going to be a theme. Like, you got to be careful. Because like the song Me, I think has similar yeah. vibes to this like sort of longing for what could be considered a toxic relationship. Yes. Really. I mean, like what you're describing is not like a healthy mm-hmm. partnership. Yeah. And it's sort of this like putting it up on a pedestal is a good thing. And I was like, you got to I need to talk to you, Taylor. We got to make sure that you've grown out of this. Yes. (laughs) That theme is one that is in her music, like for almost all of her albums until recently. And it is very like I think it's really cool to look at that evolution because she has that in in Fearless and later in Red, the the title song Red Mm -hmm. is about how love is her love for this person was red and like burning and, and passionate mm-hmm. and intense and I mean also kind of toxic when you you know listen to it um but then she has a line in one of her songs from lover which just came out you know in 2019 that says I used to think love was red and now I know it's golden and mm-hmm. it's about how like she actually knows it's supposed to be like good and and bright and not toxic and not damaging well because in the song like she puts things in there like the guy that she's with now who i guess is super boring <laughs> gets along with her mom man i know i know that's what she says she's like he talks to my parents and he calls when he says he's going to and he opens the door for me and it's like that's good taylor i, I can yeah. only assume Stick that the other that. guy didn't yeah. and that's not great <laughs> 
Well, don't, don't you think this, and you mentioned earlier that there's some ties back to those, uh, the sort of ideas in country music, and that's definitely one that mm-hmm. comes. That's you know, true. From those, like, tormenting and violent relationships, but that's how you know it's love is when it's just, you know, unhinged. Yeah. It's like, nope, that's mm-hmm. when you know it's bad. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think you're definitely right. And I think it's funny because what she's talking to isn't just, I mean, it is embodied in a lot of country music because country music is supposed to be like the music that enshrines a lot of these quote unquote American values, you know, mm-hmm. the way that, that this is, these dynamics are supposed to work. Um, not to, and I'm not trying to like throw shade on all country music. I think there is just, you know, I think I love Dolly Parton, but <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, who doesn't like, I'm not sitting here saying country, I don't like country music, sure. but like, I think that sure. that's where you find a lot of those ideas yeah. is in country music. And what she's really talking to is not just that kind of music, but where, the way that she was raised, where she lived in the country, what it was like to be a girl growing up in America at that time, like mm-hmm. all of those messages. I mean, I would say we received them too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe it was slightly different because I don't know. West Virginia is its own weird thing, but like, sure. <laughs> and I didn't listen to country music. Maybe if I had, I would feel that way. But I, anyway, yeah. she, that's what she's talking about yeah. in breaking it. That's what I think about some of the songs on this album that um, I, maybe I didn't like connect to as much or like as much when I first listened to it growing up. Um, they mean a lot more when you hear them like in connection with more of her recent music and knowing like all the stuff um, she's been through since. Uh, mm-hmm. Like even uh, Joe Jonas, she references a little bit in a recent song on folklore where, you know, she used to have this axe to grind for the boys that broke her heart. And now she sends their baby's presents because she sent this big gift basket to Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner when they had their baby. Um, so, you know, it, it's nice to see like the the maturity both in her voice that like you can tell is slightly different, um, but also like, you know, in the, the evolution in her music. Mm-hmm. Um, also, just like I feel there were some people saying, well, the emotion in some of these angry songs doesn't feel as like raw. It doesn't feel as intense. And I mean, I I don't think it sounds any different, but even if it does, it's probably because like she's happy. Like she she's not angry about mm-hmm. those things anymore. She's moved on. I think I think people are um, projecting if yeah. they if they think I mean I I did not detect I I, think, I think, so. think at times that her voice is more impressive and so the emotion is conveyed better. Mm-hmm. I mean, but uh, again, I think I'm I'm just like trying to tease out differences. Yeah. I think it sounds incredibly similar and still very good. Right. Well, and I think I mean I I'm curious how because uh, the song we were happy that's from mm-hmm. the vault too so that's not oh, like. Man. That song being released by an 18-year-old, I think I would have had a bit of an eye-roll situation. Like, okay, you're, you're 18. Right. Like, this deep longing of a lost past. Like, you're still in it, baby. <laughs> but hearing that song now, like, that broke my yeah. heart. Like, that woman written, or that song sung by, like, you know, a, by Taylor Swift now in her 30s, singing about, like, so, something so far in her past was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't imagine how that song could have been better played at, when she was younger yeah like, i think now is the perfect time for her to record that song yeah i agree i am um, i also think it would have been one of those songs if it had been released uh her her demographic of of young girls like m- my age would not have i don't think gotten as into that song as listening to it now and it making me sob <laughs> like because it's not just one of those typical like heartbreak songs it's mm-hmm. much more like emotional and deep yeah. um so yeah i i agree 
Well, I uh, I overall, I was surprised at how much I enjoyed listening to it. Because okay. like I said, I didn't, I when I first started listening, I was like, well, I remember some of these songs. And I don't remember like being in love with, I remember enjoying them, mm-hmm. but I didn't remember being in love with them. And then I thought like, well, I can't connect to these themes anymore. Right. Um, so I was surprised at how affected I was listening to it and how, and especially I, I will say some of the stuff that was from the vault, I I, w- I enjoyed that even more so mm-hmm. Me um, too. because like I said, I think it taps a little into what she's done with her more recent albums, which I would say I enjoy more mm-hmm. than her earlier stuff. Sure. Um, but I'm an old woman. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, saying? I would also like to point out this very tiny detail that love story uh, was, I think her title or her lead single when this first came out in mm-hmm. 2008, I think that might be wrong. Um, but in the, the, music video for that there's a guy and it's wearing a very stereotypical like romeo type shirt like white and flowy mm-hmm. and puffy um in in the cover art for fearless taylor's version her she's doing almost the exact same thing like it's just like her head to the side and her hair tossed but she's facing the opposite direction and she's wearing that shirt like that romeo shirt mm-hmm. um which i think is really cool because it's like she she saved herself in a, I know it sounds cheesy, but like she's doing it for herself. It's not like someone else doing it. It's not like, you know, mm-hmm. someone saving her and she's, she's the, she's the safer. Savior. I am a rich man. Yes. She is the rich, she is the rich man. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> um, but, but thank you all for listening to this album with me. It was obviously something I've, most of the songs been listening to for a very long time, but being re-released, I think it had a whole other feel i mean even like 15 she's singing about being 15 when she was 18 now she's singing about being 15 when she's 30 now and her friend abigail just by the way they are really best friends in real life still but now abigail has been through a divorce so now she's singing about this boy breaking abigail's heart when they were 15 but now it's like this whole other thing it's just got so many layers layers and layers and layers yeah and secrets and, and, se- <laughs> and secret secrets. signals to what your what audience. And if you play it backwards, is it a whole new album? <laughs> there's there's an eagle noise in some of the songs from The Vault. And it's in one of her songs that's being re-released in one of her other albums. And I don't know what it's there for. And it's mm. driving me just up it's the a clue. wall. I can't figure it out. No one can figure it out. Why is there an eagle sound? It's a I clue. Find the eagle. Then she was on Stephen Colbert and had a whole big board about steven because there's a song on here called hey steven and he was like yeah. oh is it about me and she pulls out this board with all these pictures of steven colbert but now everyone's like taking screenshots of it and dissecting it like what but what it's, secrets are in this board it's totally that meme isn't it with yes. the guy with the big board with the strings yes yeah that is exactly what it is because <laughs> she confirmed there's something there's something in there but no one knows what gotta figure it out i don't know <laughs> but thank you all this is a very anyway. meaningful album to me as a kid and also now so. riley's gotta go she's supposed to be doing homework <laughs> she's almost done with her junior year of college but almost. instead she's gonna go try to figure out i just want to figure out what message <laughs> what album is coming next taylor what is it you, you know yesterday somebody... she said she's been in the studio all day recording the next one. Oh man See, just I somebody out there had the right combination of majors that they can do like a thesis on this stuff and it's unfortunate oh, yeah. that it's not you <laughs> I know. I've been trying to, like, what can I... My English capstones next semester. How do I make it about Taylor Swift? <laughs> I mean, you know. It's we'll just see. I'll po- it's just find some theories. music, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Find some literary theories to apply to Taylor Swift. She's got a good number yeah. of ballads that, you it's know. It's true. It's true. So. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank, thank you, you. Yeah, no, thank you for... 
for bringing it. I think it was uh, again. I enjoyed it way more than I thought okay. I would. So not that not that I ever disliked Taylor Swift, but but I sure. really enjoyed it. So yeah. thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and Cooper it? loved it. Really? Loved it. Yeah. Wow. That, Char- yeah, that makes sense. Charlie probably would have. She wasn't with me when I listened to it, but Cooper loved She just sat there mesmerized. And when <laughs> I tried to pause it, she said, no, keep playing. Oh, <laughs> so. well, good. Um, what's next? Uh, what is next? Hold on. What was I going to? Oh, okay. I remember what I was going to do next. Um, sorry, I forgot. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about Space Ghost Coast to Coast. All right. All right. Yes. That was a show that was on Cartoon Network a long time ago, right? That's right, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Kind of the forerunner of the Adult Swim mm-hmm. era. Mm-hmm. And um, I want to I wanna talk about that specifically about um, Brack and the music that Brack made <laughs> on the show. No, just about Space Ghost Coast to Coast. I just, my kids make me listen to Brack music all the time now, so... Oh, there's a whole the, the other ones sing too. There's the whole CD, the musical yeah. barbecue. Yeah, it's I've a multimedia it, so. event. Well, yeah. you've got to watch some, and you've got to listen to the CD. Right. Yeah. Well, all right, I can do that. Yeah, you'll like it. All That's right, good. it's funny. Uh, well, thank you both. This has been fun. Thank you, Riley, for your topic suggestion. Well, thanks for joining me. Thank, thank you. you, listeners. Um, you can tweet at us if you like at still buff. You can email us at still buffering at maximumfun.org. And you should go to maximumfun.org and there are all kinds of podcasts and you'll love them and just listen to them. They're right there. Just go for it today. And thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby, Change Your Mind. This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am still buffering. And, and I, I am too. Get a whole secret reverse track thing to announce what the names of the vault tracks were before this album came out. I just needed you to know that. It had anagrams and it had one of the songs playing backwards in the background. It took me like an hour, but I figured it out. The, the softest, gentlest Gotham supervillain. I know, I know. Yes. It's really, it's, it's, a, sometimes it's a little worrisome. The mom saying. <laughs> Max Fun Drive 2021 is coming. It'll be May 3rd to May 14th. To get in the spirit, we ask folks like you to let us know what Maximum Fun and our shows mean to them. You know, the, the Maximum Fun Network is really important to me because it is not just a collection of podcasts, but it is a lifestyle and a value system. The podcasts frequently and deftly float between meaningful and irreverent, in one moment drawing attention to social issues, and in another making dick jokes about Klingons. It shouldn't work, but it does. And I have to believe it's because Max Fun's podcasts are, at their core, thoughtful and kind and human, during a time that has often felt cold and isolated. So keep being great and doing what you do. Max Fun Drive will be May 3rd to May 14th, 2021, and you won't want to miss it. Brilliant apps, drive exclusive gifts, and maybe some surprises. Want to directly support the hosts of the show we just jumped into? Come back May 3rd for Max Fun Drive. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.